0: Now with us in studio, it's Steve Gunnels. He's Deputy District Attorney, Chief Deputy District Attorney for Deschutes County. Steve, good morning. Good morning.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks very much for coming in. Very good to see you again, my friend. A um, couple of things we want to talk about. One thing I guess to start with is what we'll follow up with the Veterans Treatment Court. Now we talked about that a little bit last time you were here. What's, what's going on with that now?
1: Yeah, the idea of a Veterans Treatment Court is that people who have served in our military, uh, they come home, most people adjust to civilian life just fine. But there are some who, because of things that they experienced in the service or, you know, things that are going on in their, in their lives, they, they get, uh, into substance abuse problems or they have mental health problems and problems adjusting to society. And then, You know, that leads to criminal behavior sometimes, and a Veterans Treatment Court is designed to take that veteran, uh, kind of guide them through the criminal justice system, and get them back on track. The goal is to, you know, make them productive members of society, hook them up with veteran services through the VA, through mental health providers, through substance abuse treatment counselors and so on and then after a year or two uh, at the end of their probation period they can they can be back you know productively serving the public in whatever capacity they choose in civilian life uh,
0: yeah so this is an attempt by the system to
1: do what well to to uh, restore a veteran to, mm-hmm. What they were essentially before before the trauma that they experienced in, during their military service as As well as you possibly can to treat them for drug addiction for mental health problems and so on so that at the end of their Interaction with the criminal justice system. They are able to go get a job have a house have a car have a family support their family And be productive members of society, which they were before. Obviously, if they've served honorably in the military, they were, you know, they had it squared away at some point in their life. And this is to get them back on track, really.
0: Have we seen success with this yet? Have there been people
1: who've gone through the program already? Yes, we have a Veterans Intervention Services in the DA's office where we flag people who have served in the military and they get in criminal trouble and we put them on this different track where we try to get them connected with services through the VA and and other treatment providers and we have seen success people have have gotten uh, back on track and are grateful for the opportunity to you know to get their lives back in order the the next step i think is to have more court involvement in the process where the person who is charged with a crime, a veteran who's charged with a crime will go back to court and see the judge every two weeks, maybe every three weeks and check in with the judge. And the judge will say, you know, what have you done since the last time I saw you? Have you gone to your treatment appointments? Have you uh, engaged in mental health counseling? And obviously, have you been drinking? Have you been using drugs? Things like that. And, uh, just to keep them on track because what studies have shown across the country with these kinds of courts is that people who have served in the military already have a very healthy respect for authority based on their military service and probably just how they were growing up before their military service. And checking in with a judge really keeps them on task so that they are more successful in the program and. What we've been doing in this last month is talking to the judges here in Deschutes County who are totally on board with, with having more judge involvement in the treatment court process. The commissioners are also on board, the, the Deschutes County commissioners are also on board with, with uh, kind of ramping up the program and making it more effective. And so I, I really think that that's where this program is headed, and it's going, I think it's going to be a really good thing for our veterans uh, who get in trouble to, to have this opportunity to, uh, to have a fully effective treatment court process. On paper, it all
0: sounds great, and, and everybody is on board with it. How is that going to work in reality, though, with a
1: court system that's already jammed up? Well, really all that the court needs to do is add an hour or two per week where the judge checks in with each of the people who's on probation. We're not talking about a huge number of veterans who are, you know, in criminal trouble. Uh, It's, you know, a handful, maybe up to 20 veterans at a, you know, at a given time. And so the judge would just need to check in with them, uh, get an update, maybe five to 10 minutes of FaceTime with the judge every two weeks or every three weeks. And if the court has capacity to do it, and I think think they will um, work really hard to find that capacity for this kind of a program, um, I think it can be really helpful. And what the studies have shown nationwide is that the more judge involvement you have, the better the program works.
0: All right, this is a Veterans Treatment Court that we've been talking about here with uh, Steve Gunnells, Chief Deputy District Attorney at Deschutes County. Steve, let's switch over now to uh, some of the uh, things that have been keeping your office busy here of late. It's been theft cases.
1: Yeah, we've seen a lot of theft cases, identity theft, mail theft, cases coming through the office. It's, uh, it seems to be a trend, particularly the mail theft, Which is uh, historically uh, not something that we've seen a lot of around here, but in the last few years, and even I would say in particular in the last six months, we've seen a rise in mail theft cases. I think kind of word gets around among thieves that that's an easy way to steal somebody's identity is to go around to mailboxes, check mailboxes to pull out whatever mail they have, go through the mail find checkbooks sometimes credit cards debit cards bank statements things like that and then what a thief will do is exploit that information obviously if they have your checkbook they can write checks until all of your money is gone if they find your debit card they can keep using that debit card until it gets cancelled and credit cards the same thing and uh, so that's something that we've seen a lot of. Uh, the the people who tend to avoid having that happen are the people who have locking mailboxes. It's, it's not typical for a male thief to open a, a locked mailbox, although I know it can happen. They The thieves tend to look for the easy targets. So, for example, in rural areas, you have the the mailbox that just opens and shuts and there's no lock on it. uh, Those are easy for thieves and especially at night, if somebody leaves their mail out in the mailbox overnight, Uh, if you put a check in the mail to go out the next day, um, I would suggest that you not do that, that you wait till the next morning to put it out there for the mail uh, carrier to pick it up. Uh, Because if they get a hold of a check, they can just change the, the pay to the order of line and make it to them and then you've given a whatever gift to that thief Uh, and so those that's something that is fairly easy to do is to buy a locking mailbox I know not everybody does it the easiest thing of all though is just to check your mail every day and not let mail sit out there you know and and pile up for the thief to come along and and snatch it So if you're going to be going
0: on vacation for a week, make sure somebody's checking your mail for you. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just ask your neighbor to to pick up your mail and maybe keep it or put it on your porch or something like that, and uh, you know to make sure that it's not there and a a tempting target for a mail thief. Yeah, it's it's so
0: uh, easy. You know, all they need is your name, and then you give them a little bit more information. No, we've got your address, we got that. Great. And if they open something up and find other pertinent details, it's so easy to impersonate you online.
1: It really is easy. Uh, and you know we're not we're not talking about people who are, uh, you know, geniuses at stealing other people's identity. They' are just really obvious things that that we see over and over again where somebody gets a hold of your debit card or credit card. And they, they go into the store, they buy very expensive power tools in order to pawn them so they can get cash. They do, um, you know, order huge amounts of food at grocery stores, things like that, uh, until the, the person whose uh, bank accounts are being exploited cancels their, their debit card or credit card And that's really important. If you are a victim of identity theft and you become aware that there's suspicious activity on your card, shut that card down, shut that bank account down, at least until you figure out what's going on, uh, and potentially just cancel that account and open up a new one so that the thief can't get into your bank account again. All right. Good advice, and uh,
0: we're out of time today, but uh, look forward to talking with you again soon. Steve Gunnels, he's Chief Deputy District Attorney, Deschutes County District Attorney's Office. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you, Frank. Nice to see you, Steve. FM News 100, 1110, KBND. Good morning.